Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Before I get started, can we start out with our nuggets, please? I want to follow suit with my bishop. I want to go with my nuggets first. Can I have nugget one? That's not the nugget. Hallelujah. Well, the first nugget is faithfulness. Faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice regardless of extenuating circumstances. Wow. That's, 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 that's faithfulness. That's, that's loyalty. That's faithfulness. It's unfailingly. And I want to say it is unfailing me, unfailingly mean it does not stop. Glory to God. Second nugget. Faith is believing and assurance of God's word and all that he has done. And our bishop is definitely a, a, an example of that. Faithfulness is living in accordance with or living out that truth. Glory to God. My next nugget, please. Nugget number three. The faithfulness that God calls us to is simply a reflection of his own faithfulness. I'll say that again. The faithfulness that God calls us to is simply a reflection of his own faithfulness. Nugget number four. These are the six character traits of faithfulness. The six character traits of faithfulness. Commitment, love, long-suffering, patience, endurance, and steadfastness. Again, the six uh, character traits of faithfulness are uh, commitment, love, Long-suffering, patience, endurance, steadfastness. Glory to God. As I said, for nugget one, faithfulness is the concept of unfailingly, of unfailingly, of unfailingly, of unfailingly remaining loyal. It is, you, don't, you don't take a break. You don't take a sabbatical. It is unfailingly remain, remaining loyal. You stay loyal. Next slide, please. Faithfulness literally is the state of being full of faith in the sense of steady devotion to a person, thing, or concept. Again, faithfulness, it is literally, it is the state of being full of faith in the sense of steady devotion to a person, thing, or concept. Well, let's see what the Bible says about faithfulness. If you would, let's go to Psalms 90, Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. I won't read all of it, but it says he will cover you and completely protect you with his pinion. That is the outer part of a bird's wing. And under his wing, you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. 
His faithfulness is a shield and a wall. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now let's go to 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 3. And we're reading in the Amplified. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 3. It says, but the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you. Setting you on a firm foundation and will protect you and guard you from the evil one. It is a, it is a, uh, it's a firm, you, you are set on a firm foundation. Said, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you, setting you on a firm foundation and will protect and guard you from the evil one. Thank God that God protects us. We don't have to worry about man. God is the one that protects us. Can we say Hallelujah. So, so, so you may ask, what is the difference, Pastor? What is the difference between faithfulness and faith? What is the difference between faith and faithfulness? My nugget, which was nugget number two, it says, faith is belief and assurance of God's word and all that he has done. And our bishop is a primary example of this for us, uh, that he believed what God said concerning not just this ministry, but concerning different facets of his life, different facets of all of our lives. Bishop is a prime example for that. So again, faith is belief and assurance of God's word and all that he has done for us. Faithfulness, faithfulness is living in accordance with or living out of that, out of that truth. It's like this mall, as I say, God told Bishop, that this was going to be the next location for Harvest Church International Outreach. And uh, amongst a lot of, you know, naysayers uh, saying that it couldn't happen, you know, wasn't going to be possible. You know, he still forced, you know, he know what God has said and he stuck with it. And he moved forward in doing the necessary things that it took in order to acquire this facility. And we're in it. Somebody shout hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, in Galatians 5, Galatians 5, 22, Apostle Paul talks about faithfulness as the fruit of the recreated spirit. Paul talks about faithfulness as the fruit of the recreated spirit. So faithfulness is something that God works in us by his spirit. Faithfulness is something God works in us by his spirit. So again, we have the, 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 the fruit of the spirit and one of them is, is faithfulness. One of them is faithfulness. As a matter of fact, you cannot pretend. No, you got to listen to this. As a matter of fact, you cannot pretend to be faithful. Ooh. Only a soul that is under direction or submitted to a recreated spirit can reflect a life of faithfulness. Oh, glory. Now, again, Faithfulness is a part of your, your spirit, right? And Bishop has been teaching on the, the spirit man, the real you. Uh, but you have to renew your mind. You have to renew your soul so that your mind, your will, your emotion, your intellect, your imagination will hook up with your spirit. So again, you, you know, it's part of your recreated spirit. And that's something that you can't just fake it. Well, you can fake it for a little while, but longevity has a tendency to, to let somebody know if you are really, truly faithful or if you was trying to fake it. 
and it's in your spirit, but it has to be developed. That's why over in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it said that you have to present your bodies to God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Then it said you must renew your mind. You must understand that that is a part of your recreated spirit. And once you understand that, you start building upon that. You start reading the word of God and it kind of it kind of wells up in you. It kind of wells up and it begins to manifest itself in your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. Oh, I kind of feel my hip kicking in now. Glory to God. Glory to God. As I said, um, uh, nugget three, which is faithfulness. The faithfulness that God called us to have is simply a reflection of his own faithfulness. Again, we are creating his image. We are creating his likeness. So God is faithful. So if God is faithful, therefore, we ought to be faithful. And if you are a child of God, you are called to be faithful. Be faithful in your church, to be faithful on your job, to be faithful in your, your, your ministry, to be faithful in your relationship. Whatever you are involved in as a believer, you are to be faithful. Because God is faithful. Oh, man. It would be sad to think if God was like humans. Man, that would be a difficult thing to, because you wouldn't know uh, if he's with you or against you. But thank God he's not like us. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Glory to God. So let's talk about the six character traits of faithfulness. The six character traits of faithfulness. And all of that that I just mentioned a lot of that was what I taught on uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago. So now we're going to get into the meat of what uh, we have for you today. Amen. Number, the first trait is commitment. Commitment is an internal act, an act of heart and mind of dedicating oneself to something. Again, commitment is an internal act, an act of the heart and mind of dedicating oneself to something. Now, this is one of the primary traits of anyone that was used by God. Commitment. If God is going to use you, you have to be committed. And again, it is an internal act. It's not an exterior thing. It's, oh man. Because you think about it, if it's just exterior, it can fade away, but it has to be something on the inside of you. Then it manifests this way on the outside in your in your limbs and what you do. Amen. Every man and woman of God that was used by God was committed to God, his kingdom, his work. Every man and woman, they was committed to God, his kingdom and his work. Remember this. Oh, you got to hear this. Your commitment your commitment does not end with the decision. I'll say that again. Your commitment does not end with the decision. Meaning you, you made up in your mind to be, to be committed, but it just doesn't end with, with that. That's something that you got to do. You got to, you gotta, as the song said, you got to walk it out. You got to walk, you got you to walk this thing out. Commitment is something you got you got to walk out. Faithfulness is something that you have to walk out. Glory to God. Glory to God. The second character trait is love. Is love. Second Corinthians 5 14. 
2 Corinthians 5, 14. It says, the love of Christ constrains us. The love of Christ constrains us. And from the Amplified, it says, for the love of Christ controls and compels us. The love of Christ controls and compels us. Oh, glory. This is the right motive for faithfulness. Love. Love. That is the right motive for faithfulness. Constrains mean to compel or force someone to follow a particular course of action. Now, when I said that definition, I felt some of you like, ooh. Yeah. When I said it compels or forces someone to follow a particular course of action, we don't like that word force. So I'll say compels. I'll say it, it compels you. It compels you to follow a particular course. Apostle Paul stated that the love that Christ demonstrated on the cross was the motivating factor for him, who, Paul, stand the course that God laid out for him. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to slow down on that one. Paul stated that the love that Christ demonstrated on the cross for you and for I, that love was the motivating factor for him staying the course that God has set before him. See, that's the way we, we have to look at it. We have to look at what the, the price that Christ paid, the love that he had for us that made him stay on the cross. And by him enduring that, we can stay the course to what he's called us to do. Oh, man. And, I, you know, I, I know sometimes people ask, well, Pastor Stanley, you know, you've been at Harvest Church 30 years. How, how, do, how do you do it? I have to think about what Christ done for me. And, and I know I, I look dapper and I look like, you know, I've been doing right all my life. But that's not the case. He died for me when I was in the, in the pit. He died for me when I was doing all manner of things. And yet and still, he still loved me enough to go on that cross. I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. And, and, and I know, you know, in, in the Bible where it says when he was in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane that he was uh, uh, sweating uh, blood, uh, sweats of, of, of blood. It was kind of like he had a moment where he said, be it this cup to pass from me. He, that was his human side. But then again, I, I would like to think, and this is just me, I would like to think that he thought about me. Oh, that boy down there in Louisiana. I need to, God, not my will, but your will shall be done. Oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If he could stay faithful knowing the things that he had to, to endure, why can't I? God is faithful. Why can't I be faithful? Oh, man. So Christ's love controls us. Christ's love controls us. Another word for control is mean to hold fast. Christ's love allows us to hold fast to the commitment that we've made. The love of Christ was constraining them to a certain course of action. Paul and his, uh, and his companions knew that Jesus, out of his great love, had given up his life 
for their sake. And Jesus had not acted out of his own self-interest in the Garden of Gethsemane, selfishly holding on to the glory of heaven, which he already had. I mean, he was already in heaven. He was already uh, uh, kingdom-minded. He was already with God. He, he didn't selfishly hold on to that. He, he, he freely... I, I know some of you said, well, you just said a moment ago that, that, that he had a struggle with it. Uh, you would too. But it was, it was short-lived. And then he said, not my will, but your will shall be done. Glory to God. Jesus willingly died for everyone. He willingly, you got you to gotta, you gotta hear that, willingly died for everyone. And because Christ died for us, we also are to die to our old life. We should be dying to that old way of living. When you have given your life to Christ and recommitted yourself, we should be dying to the old thing, the old way of life. And that's why, again, in Romans 2, where it says that we are to renew our mind. And it says, don't, don't, don't take on the customs of this world any longer. We have to renew our mind with the word of God. And when we renew our, renew our mind with the word of God, then we begin to start acting like Christ. <sighs> Speaking like Christ. Doing what Christ did. Somebody shout glory to God. As I said, and because Christ died for us, we also are to die to our old life. And like Apostle Paul, we should no longer live to please ourselves. We should spend our life pleasing Christ. It's not about you. It's about him. Glory to God. Oh, you got to hear this. The type of love needed, well, this type of love, the type of love that Christ had, the type of love that uh, uh, Apostle Paul had for Christ, that type of love need to grip our hearts and mind to move us to stay, to stay our course to what God has called us to. Mm. That type of of love needs to grip our hearts and mind to move us to stay our course. My prayer is today that this word, as it goes out over the, the, the airwaves, that it grips your heart so that you can stay your course. We're in some uncharted ground. We've been in it for a year. And this is no time to, to move away from your church. To, first of all, to move away from God. But secondly, to move away from your church. Even though we, a lot of us have not come together in the, in the, uh, inside the house with in-person services, in services, you know, we're still able to, to reach you in another way. You should still stay committed. Finish your course. Finish your assignment. Don't let anything or anyone stop you. Finish your assignment. Finish your course. Finish what God called you to be. This is no time. 
You have to stay the course. But if you allow this word of God to grip your heart, and if you have to get back on track, get on track. Get on track and stay on track. Can we say thank you, Jesus? The third trait is long-suffering. Long-suffering. It means, uh-oh, it means to put up with for a long time. This shows in detail, this shows in dealing with difficult people and circumstances. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have to deal with difficult people. Man, I'm telling you, that's a part of, of you, but it won't just happen because you, you are quick to get in your feelings. Can't talk to me like that. But some things, especially on your job, especially sometimes in your church, sometimes we as pastors, we have to say some strong things to, 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 to those that God is leading us, that God is leading us to lead. Sometimes we have to say some strong things to them and you want to you wanna get offended because we're saying that. You can't do that. You, you know, if it's true, th this is my saying. If what somebody is saying about you is a lie, don't try to defend it. But if it's the truth, change it. So if we have to, to say something strong to you, uh, uh, and sometimes you, you can't pacify some things, you have to say it's strong. And when they say it's strong, don't get offended. Examine yourself. Is that really me? And be honest with yourself. <laughs> okay. All righty. 2 Corinthians 6. King James Version. 2 Corinthians 6. 3 through 6. Let me get that one to be this way. 2 Corinthians 6. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in such patience, in affliction, in necessities, in distress. I want to look at that in, in the um, New Living Translation. It says, uh, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are True ministers of God, we patiently, we patiently endure troubles in hardship and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless night and gone without food, but prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding our patience our kindness by the holy spirit within us and by our sincere love my nugget please apostle paul always considered oh you got to hear this paul always considered what his action actions communicated about christ he was always considered he always considered, what was he doing communicating about Jesus Christ? What do your actions say? Hmm. The actions that you take, what are they communicating 
about Jesus Christ. Kind of make you want to ponder that a little bit, doesn't it? What are your actions saying about Christ? And so, so we can be selfish. We want to think what is, what is our actions saying about us, but it's bigger than you. It's bigger than you. What is it saying about Christ? If you are a believer, you are a minister for God. Next, next nugget. Listen to this. Next nugget. Listen to this. In the course of each day, unbelievers observe you. Yeah. In the course of each day, unbelievers, they observe you. Don't let your actions be some person's excuse for rejecting Christ. I'm going to say that again. In the course of each day, unbelievers observe you. Don't let your actions be someone's excuse for rejecting Christ. Man, I know I don't want that on my, on my head. Is this blessing you? I, I pray that it is. Oh, man. Being faithful, being committed, long-suffering, they're not easy. Oh, let me. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 4, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 2, King James. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 4, verse 2. King James states, with all lowness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, forbearing one another in love. And in the New Living Translation, it says, always being humble and gentle, always, always being humble and gentle. Mm. Colossians 3, 12, it states, uh, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved Bowels of mercy where compassion is felt. The bowels of mercy where your compassion is felt. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. We ought to put this on. We, 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 have to, we have to put these things on. We have to get out of us. Man, I'm telling you, we, we, we have to die to self. We have to die to self. And we have to put on the things of Christ. We have to put on his mutility, um, uh, his, his, uh, uh, his, his meekness. We have, we have to put his humility on. We have to take our crud off. And if you don't take the crud off, you won't be successful. Not just in church, but in everything, in business. Entrepreneur, you want to be an entrepreneur, but you got you to gotta, you gotta be humble. You have to be meek, gentle. And sometimes you have to be firm about some things, but you still have to have a meekness about you. I pray that you'll get this. Paul offers a strategy to help us live for God. That is a strategy. That is a strategy to help us live for God. We ought to imitate Christ's compassionate, forgiving attitude. Ooh. We ought to imitate Christ's compassionate, forgiving Forgiving attitude. The second thing, let love guide your life. 
Let love guide your life. Next one, please. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the peace, the peace, the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Next slide. Always be thankful. Man, we have to get back to that to teach our children thankfulness. Someone does something for you, thank you. Now it's, it's everybody think that it's expected for you to do. Thank you for opening up the door. Thank you for staying late. Thank you for doing this. Always be thankful. Next slide, please. Keep God's word in you at all times. Man, you cannot afford not to have the word of God in you. <laughs> Keep God's word in you at all times. Next slide, please. Live as Christ Jesus' representative. Live as Christ Jesus' representative. See, when you're in this life down here on earth, you are representing Christ in everything that you do. You are representing Christ in everything that you say, in how you act, how you respond to people. We are to represent Christ while we're here on this earth. The fourth character trait is patience. Ooh. Patience, oh, you got to hear this. Patience is a calm temperament. It's a calm temperament which bears evil without murmuring or discontent. The act or quality of waiting long for justice, perseverance, consistency in labor, the quality of being of bearing uh, offense and injury. I'm going to say that again. Patience is a calm temperament which bears evil without murmuring or content. The act or quality of waiting long for justice, perseverance, consistency in labor, the quality of bearing offenses and injury without anger, without revenge or retaliation. When I, when I, when I, when I put, was putting this together, I thought about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and John Lewis. Man, the things that they had, what if they had not been faithful? The things that they had to endure. What, what if they had not been committed? What if they had not endured long suffering? Where would we be? Think about that. What if he, they, was not faithful? Hebrews 12, 1. Hebrews 12, 1. It says, New Living Translation. Therefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do it so easily beset us. And let us run with patience 
the race that is set before us. Let us run the race that is set before us. Abel, Enoch, Noah, and Bill in the ark, and there was no rain. Abraham, taking his son to be sacrificed when the, a lamb was, when he didn't know there was a lamb in the bush. Isaac, Jacob, and Sarah. My next slide. Their faithfulness is a constant encouragement to us all. The things that they endure, man, I'm jumping ahead of myself. The things that they endure, they had to go through some hardship, but yet and still, they, they, they pressed on. As I said, uh, uh, Noah, when he was uh, building the, the, the ark, and there had never been rain, and the persecution that he had to endure with people talking, man, what you doing? What is that big monstrosity that you're building? But yet still, he had to stay the course. He had to stay the course. And, and Abraham, Abraham was told to take his son to be sacrificed and didn't know, didn't, didn't know that God had a, a, a lamb, a ram in the bush, but he was obedient. He was faithful. He stuck with it. And, and, and they know when you're talking about going to sacrifice something, you had to take the necessity with you. And all he had was his son and his wood. And no one was thinking that he was going to do that with his son. Wow. Again, their faithfulness is a constant encouragement to us all. We are not the first to struggle with the problems that we face today. So their witness can stir, up, stir us up to run the race to win. Their witness can stir us up to run the race, the race to win. Glory to God. But we must, we must strip off the excess weight that slows us down. Just like a long distance runner. If you ever think about a long distance runner, they're not running in sweatsuits. They're not running in, in shoes. They're running in the bare minimum. They, they strip off a lot of things. And if you look at a, a long distance runner, they are very lean. They have, they, have, they have taken off the things that will, and, 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 and the weight is not sin, but it will not allow them to, to finish the race in the way that, it, in the manner in which they would want to run it. So there's some things that we have to, like a, a long distance runner, we have, to, we have to take off. We have to take off. James, the book of James, the first chapter, verse 3. And I'm going to read from the, King, from the uh, New Living. It says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, so that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And if you were to read in your own time, go back up and read in verse 2. It says, uh, James doesn't say if trouble comes, but when it does. It doesn't say that if trouble, it said when it does. Trouble is going to come. We are, uh, we are not to pretend that we, uh, we are not to pretend that we are happy when we face pain, but we are to have a positive outlook. We're not to, to pretend that we are happy when, when negative things happen, when bad things happen. We don't pretend to be happy, but we do have to face it with a positive, uh, with a positive outlook. Tough times can teach us perseverance. Mm. 
Next slide, please. Hear this. We cannot really know the depths of our character unless we see how we react under pressure. Again, we can't really know the depths of our character until we know, uh, until we see how we react under pressure. No one knows how you're going to react under pressure. You can say, oh, I won't do this, oh, I won't. You don't know. Oh, instead, oh, yeah, yeah. Instead of complaining about our struggles, we should see them as opportunities of growth. Number five, endurance. Endurance means, means a continuing on under pain or distress without yielding to pressure. Continuing on, continuing on under pain and distress without yielding to pressure. Second Timothy 2, 3 and 4, it says, Thus therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wants entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. Let us have the same courage, commitment, and willingness that Timothy and Paul uh, as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. We have to have that same kind of commitment and endure. Number six, steadfastness. Being steadfast means having a fixed, you got to hear this. Being steadfast means having a fixed, established, constant, resolute constitution. What you're made of. Not being fickle or wavering. What are you made of? What are you made of? Paul warns us to watch, watch out for Satan when we are uh, suffering or being persecuted. During times of suffering, we are to seek other Christians for support. Keep your eyes on Christ, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Oh, resist the devil and he'll flee. Listen to me. If there is one quality that will help you continue serving and living for the Lord, it is the quality of faithfulness the quality of faithfulness yeah in conclusion when you are faithful you are committed when you are faithful you are committed you neither offer nor accept any excuse only results we'll say that again when you are faithful, you are committed. You neither offer, uh, you neither offer nor accept any excuse, only result. And if we will finish the race that the Lord set before us, then we will need to make a decision to be faithful to Christ and his course and his cause. Wow. What an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. 
or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.